Hello and welcome to another episode of Chapter by Chapter. I am your host, Will Callan. Joining me is my good friend and co-host, Steve. And we're getting into Chapter 2 of Dune. Steve, how, how are you feeling from yesterday? I know it was a lot to take in. It's, it's, a, it's a dense chapter. Something happened to me overnight. Something happened to me overnight. I don't know what it was. I think it was, it? was uh, the spice. I don't. I don't know. Some spice. got in me. I think some spice got in me. <laughs> Things seem to make sense. Today's chapter made more sense. Yeah. Um. I mean, today's chapter is just kind of like a big fat guy. Like, uh, he's sort of hanging out. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, it's a big plotting up. Uh, a big plotting chapter, which is awesome. But yeah, I something I forgot to say yesterday was that. The, this box test that happened yesterday's chapter is such an iconic scene in the book, and it happens so early, and you forget, especially for me, I forgot just how dense that first chapter is. And it's such like a sifting of the sand. Like, if you're going to be into this book, you're going to get past that first chapter. If you're not going to be into this book, that first chapter is going to be like a wall to you, you know? Yeah, well, it's tough. It's tough either way, Will. We're gonna be yeah. We're gonna be honest here. I mean, it's it's a lot coming right at right at the gate, and uh, you know, dream box, whatever. Dream is a fear killer, right? Am I right? <laughs> we even talked about that thing that shit yesterday too. Fear is the mind killer. Yeah, we didn't even get the uh, litany of fear in there. Yeah, there was. That's the thing about that chapter. It's so dense. Um, so that's why before we go into this next chapter here, I kind of I have a l- small list of corrections. That Uh-oh. I want to cover before we get into it. Not a lot of correct, not a lot of corrections. I would but like to I, change the name editing... of the segment to "Things Will Got Wrong About Dune." <laughs> yeah, you know what? If we're gonna be playing that game, it's gonna be really, really long. In when we do Wheel of Time again, I'm gonna be getting so <laughs> shit so wrong. We both are. That's the difference. This game is called "Things You Got Wrong About Dune," not Wheel of Time. So for the first first thing I want to get off, ugh, first thing I want to look at <laughs> is the the Chome contract. Yesterday I said that the Atreides were offer, offered a Chome contract to mine the geriatric spice melange on Arrakis. That is not true. They did not get a contract. They were given the planet by the Emperor. Lies! For reasons we don't know yet. Second thing. Second thing I want to cover is uh, some of the mentions that I had about the Kwisatz Haderach and the Gamjabar test. How are we back um, in this shit? <laughs> Carry on. Uh, so the test isn't necessary. I, re- I mentioned yesterday that the test was to t- see if uh, Paul was the Kwisatz Haderach. That's not as that essentially true. It's more about seeing if he's a human rather than an animal and that his Benny Gesserit training is paying off which totally i think it did because he survived the the, the box test the gom bar test number three everybody <laughs> he's putting it was putting his hands his fingers up three fingers right in my face thanks for that i'm pretty you're thanks my for that. you're my audience thanks for that social so, distancing please i also said the chome company chome was res- responsible for distribution of the spice that is only partly true they're responsible for practically all economics inside the dune universe so you're a big nerd well oh man i look man 
I've been waiting to talk about Dune in this sort of in-depth format for years, for years. And finally, I have stranglehold you into this position and we're doing it. I had to trick you with a fantasy book, but finally we're doing it. Number four. (laughs) I was tricked. What's number four? Number four. We didn't even talk about Paul's dream stuff yesterday, but that's kind of accidentally on purpose. We accidentally skipped over it, but now looking at the future chapters that we're going to be going into, I think talking about the dream nonsense would work better in tomorrow's chapter. I think there's a little bit more talking about that dream stuff. Sounds like someone's going to have another dream tomorrow. I don't know. wonder what Paul's having for dinner tonight. Do they got bread and cheese in the Dune world? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You know what? If they're eating bread and cheese, this is going to be a bad time for them. All right. So that's all the corrections that I had to cover this for this episode. I promise I'm not going to make this a big deal every single episode, but I wanted to get those off my chest before we get into this upcoming chapter. So chapter two, or as I have titled chapter two of Dune, Tune. You're welcome. <laughs> we can move on now. I love it. So I think uh, we should start off with uh, reading off the introduction to the chapter, the little piece, the little blurb at the beginning, the the Manuel Moadib. Do you want to read that, Steve, or you want me to? You can cover read it? this one if you want to. All right, I'll do it. To attempt an understanding of Muadib without understanding his mortal mortal enemies, the Harkonnens is to attempt seeing truth without seeing falsehood, is the attempt to see light without knowing darkness. It cannot be. So. From the Manual of Matadib by the Princess Irlan. It's important to read that part. We're going to get these names down for you. Don't worry, Steve. We're going to work on it. I'm getting better. It's Muadib. Muadib. I said Muadib. <laughs> That's pretty close. I hear you say, like, Matabib. It was like bib, Ma- mata bib. I don't know. Don't don't get in my spice. Don't mind kill me <laughs> with fear. Oh, that's a t-shirt right there. Don't get in my spice. Yeah, that's, don't get it. That's a- don't get in my spice. <laughs> don't. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I love it. I love it. So I love that intro because it does set up this chapter perfectly. I know I said that about yesterday's chapter, but I'm saying it about this chapter too. I'll say it about every chapter. I'll say it about every chapter. But this chapter really is the flip side of the conversation that we had with, or the events that we had with the Atreides in the last chapter. Instead of getting our heroes, we are getting a full-blown introduction into our main bad guys here. Not all of them. There's a couple more that we haven't been introduced to yet. But the main bad guys here are the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, his nephew, Fade Raltha, and his mentat, assassin, Peter, Peter de Fries. Peter, Peter. So, this whole chapter is kind of outlining their plan for the Atreides and their move to Arrakis. It's revealed in this chapter that they are the ones that have orchestrated this move of the Atreides through some political forty chess mumbo. Yeah, a little bit of 4D chess. So they've maneuvered the the Atreides to own Arrakis, which is a big deal for the Atreides, and it gives the Atreides a lot of power. However, 
how the Baron is planning this whole situation, along with his uh, mentat assassin, Piter DeFreeze, it's not it's not looking too good for the Atreides. Now, I think it's important here, because I said yesterday we'll get into mentats in this chapter. I think it's important here to talk, talk about mentats now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but, so Piter. Piter? Yep. Mentat. Mm-hmm. He's a mentat, which means he's like a robot, kind of. He's kind of, yes. You're not more you're advanced. Not fo- he's a robot, but he's more advanced than, you know, mechanical parts. Yeah, he's still human. Right? He's still human. He's human? No, he's in a human shell. No, he's straight up human. I'm lost then. I thought mentats were in human shells. Mm-mm. They are, they are straight up humans. However... Let's rewind, let's dial back the history of Dune a couple thousand years to a term that we heard earlier in the first chapter called the Butlerian Jihad. Butlerian? Butlerian Jihad. Butlerian. Just want to say that one slow for everyone. (laughs) Okay, tell us about the Butlerians. During the Butlerian Jihad, it it was a revolution for humans in the fact that they realize that thinking machines have taken over the world in a way not in the sense that they it was like the terminator and they were like owning everything but thinking machines was making it so that humans were lazy and they weren't reaching their full at- potential and so came this like wally yeah yeah kind of like wally <laughs> <laughs> all right you with me yeah i'm following i got gotcha. you all right so, in response to this, the human race, in this almost kind of like religious fervor, uh, did away with all thinking machines, all thinking machines that represent that replicated a uh, a mind in a way. So, computers they don't exist. Any AI they don't exist. There's no such thing as tech of that sort in this in this series everything is much more analog and by analog i mean over the thousands of years since the butlerian jihad humans have found new ways to unlock parts of their brain to do computations as well if not better than computers of that time so they so they don't need computers don't in fact the average person they're using 100% of their brain dune powers. Yeah. They're Bradley Cooper in Limitless. So the average person is able to do this in a very uh in a to an extent, you know, still better than most computers. Even Peter DeFries in this chapter says to uh, Baron Harkonnen like why would you ever say uh, Baron Harkonnen said something about thinking machines and how it could have been better? Like life might be easier with these thinking machines than this mentat that's always yapping at me. And he's like, you know, for a fact that you can do those computations better than any of those machines. Now, mentats are the superhuman version of that. They're trained to do the work of a computer in a world where computers don't exist. So even though humans can do these computations much faster, they there are still people who are trained to do this better. And practically every great house in uh, Dune has 
at least one Mentat in their employ. So they're essentially robot butlers. You know what? I'm going to give you that one. Yes. Like, but they're not robots. And they're you know, not they're robots. But they but they they essentially are. In this universe, they're the equivalent of a robot since they're sort mm-hmm. of like pre-programmed in a way. Yeah. Now, what are the ways that they reach this uh, sort of... We got dog barks over here. I got some, uh, my dog's a real Barkonin. You know what I mean? Oh! It's from House Barkonin. Bark, bark. So, another way that the Mentats, like, not only are they trained to do this, but they also rely on some narcotics to reach this, uh, state of being. There is, uh, they take Sappho juice. Sappho juice? Which is, uh, I can't remember exactly what Sappho juice is. I think it's made from plants that were found on a planet called Ekaz. Now, I could be wrong about that, but that's one of those like things that it's so minute, it doesn't really matter. The only thing you need to know at this point is that Piter is a straight-up junkie, and he takes a fuckload of spice. He takes a lot of different drugs. Samuta, uh, I think there's another one called Vitra or something like that, v- Vertum or something like that. Uh, to reach these like computations, and Piter is like I said, like a straight up hound dog for these drugs. So he's a crazy drug addict Google machine. <laughs> you nailed it, Robot Butler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that's Mentats. That's Mentats for you, everyone. I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> so now the other thing to talk about here is the plan that. Baron Harkonnen has against uh, the Atreides family and Duke Leto. Now, the 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 rivalry, even though it's not really stated in this, it kind of is, but not really. The rivalry between the Atreides and the Harkonnens go back generations. It's not just like, you know, Baron Harkonnen and Duke Leto or Leto hate each other just because of certain things. This is kind of like a Hatfields and McCoys. It's just by principle. Yeah, they've just hated each other forever, I guess. So they're going to keep hating each other. Yeah. So much so, it's actually, there's a formal word that they use. It. It's called canly. And they mention it in, the, in this chapter. There's a scene where uh, it's it's almost like very uh, Buck Rogers. I don't know. I, I got like a Buck Rogers vibe. They Piter excuses himself to go to the door. He opens up the door. A hand comes in, hands him a note. And he takes the note and he goes to Baron Arcone and he reads it. And he's like... Oh, it looks like the Duke has declined your invitation for a meeting. <clears throat> and in the letter, the Duke says, like, we, there are still great houses that respect the art of Canley. And Canley is the, the, the formal feud, you know? Yeah. Like, they're, they're in a formal feud amongst the great houses. So they sent um, that letter uh, by mail, physically? Yep. Cool. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Yep. Cross space. Yeah, cross space. <laughs> I got it. I mean, it's probably like some sort of telegram. I don't know. Um, what's interesting here, I think I think it's worth mentioning that the great houses are sometimes uh, referred to as the Landsrad. The Landsrad is just... Landsrad. The, the collection of great houses in the Dune universe. And there's a bunch, I think, I can't remember how how many great houses there are, but there's a bunch. And not many of them play a big 
part in this book. Mostly it's just Harkonnens but there's, and Atreides. Yeah, but there's a whole, like, world, like, there's, like, how many Dune books really are there? Because there's, like, the main ones, and then there's, like, other ones. Too, yeah, there's... Right? There's six main ones, and I I don't even know how many ones are written by his son, Brian Herbert, and Kevin J. Anderson. There are probably seven or eight, maybe, at this point. Some of them are more like prequel novels. Like, he has a couple trilogies that are just straight-up prequels. Uh, He has a couple... He finished the original saga to um, mixed reviews, I've heard. But I don't know. I've, I've gotten as far as book four. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of Dune. I think there's probably around 12 or 13 books of Dune. So, all right, perfect. Similar to, similar to the scope of Wheel of Time. Yeah. Well, it'll keep us busy for the next couple of years. We, we have so much content to get through. So while they're talking about their plans here, uh, I think it's important to point out that there's a juxtaposition between the family on uh, Kaladin, the Atreides family, and their Harkonnens here, when the Atreides are very formal, even when they are disrespecting each other, like we saw in the last chapter and how Paul was referring to uh, Reverend Mother, uh, Guy's Hala Mohayim, there's still a level of respect in that realm. When in this, when mm-hmm. Peter DeFries is talking to his like immediate superior, his boss, there's a huge level of disrespect between each other these guys are just awful you know oh yeah like they're just just the worst dicks just the worst to each other yeah and uh even the baron makes a couple points in this chapter where he's like why do i have you around like you're just so venomous and like and i and he's like and i kill people but you know i kill people out of necessity but you know like they love each other you know they joke deep down it's but they love like you can tell that they (laughs) love each other and they care they care about each other, you know? Yeah. You can tell that the um, the Baron really does care for his nephew, Fade Rautha, and he is trying to set him up as the uh, heir in uh, in his stead. To him. So Baron, in this yeah. sense, is, is Baron the king? Is there someone? Is Baron the top? Does Baron answer to anyone? It, in in his yeah he's in his particular family yes Baron is the top <clears throat> in the Atreides it's the Duke I think every family has a different way but they all report under the Padishah Emperor Shaddam the Fourth got it and sh- and the Emperor plays a little bit of a role in this chapter even though he's not in this he's not in this scene so I think now it's time to get into the entire plan that they're outlining in this chapter i think there's a point yeah there's a point in this chapter where like baron tells piter like turn it to mentat mode and lay out the plan for uh, my darling fade rautha let him know what is happening here it's one of those uh training sessions for fade even though mm-hmm. like fade is like He's like a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid, and he does not give a fuck about this. There's a couple, like, inner monologue points where he's like, are they fighting? Why am I here? I want to go play video games. Yeah, he wants to go, you know, (laughs) Grand Theft Auto 94 just came out. (laughs) And uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. But, uncle. Yeah. But as soon as he tells... 
Piter to get into his mentat mode, he kind of like straightens up and goes into this like like a robot. I'll give you that. All right, it's kind of like a robot, but he just starts laying out the plan. So, how were you with the plan so far uh, when you read it, Steve? Because I'm going to get into it. But how 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 much sense did it make for you? I mean, they said the like it made sense. Kind of. It did. Uh, it didn't. I don't know what the plan is. They're going to get him. <laughs> They're going to. I don't know. In essence, yes. This is this is a plan to uh, wipe out the entire Atreides line. The first move is to have him move to Arrakis under complete fiefdom, like complete control of Arrakis and the, di- and the mining of spice. However... They also have a agent inside the house. Deep cover. Somebody they don't know. Deep cover. Undercover. His name is Doctor Wellington. Doctor Wellington Yui. How are we supposed to know? Like, what's going on? How? What? That wasn't in this chapter. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> oh man, Yui. <laughs> Yui. Y U E H. So, okay. At a specific point. In time, Yui is going to be the lever. Uh, no, I shouldn't say lever because that's referring to a different thing in this chapter. Is uh, is going to help initiate the coup that the Harkonnens are going to place on uh, the Atreides. So by having Yui in uh, in the Atreides employ, uh, they have a leg up in attacking the Atreides when. Uh, they where they least expect it from the inside. Part of their plan also includes installing small uh, revolts and skirmishes around the city of Arakeen where uh, the Atreides will be setting up, uh, setting up shop. As this is happening, this is to confuse their Mentat through Fear Howitt, the Mentat for the Atreides family, who's going to be kind of in charge of securing the city uh against forces and the reason why they choose erikeen other against the other city of carthag uh that's on the planet is because it's just simply easier to easier to defend i think it's closer to a place called the shield wall and it's this giant mountain range uh that kind of blocks uh like almost i think it can block sandstorms i'm not quite sure that's how it works in the dune board game but (laughs) Okay, all right. <laughs> well, we're going by board game rules now, right now, guys. Everyone, um, listen. You just so, said a lot of crazy, big, crazy words, but I'm, I'm with you. While Thufir Howitt is kind of distraught, confused, uh, they'll also launch a assassination attempt on Paul, which they believe will, uh scramble up the the organization of the atreides they don't i don't think they necessarily care if the atreides or if paul is killed in this assassination attempt but it's to draw attention away from dr yui and and to introduce a new suspect to the atreides about who might be uh wishing to kill them and that's jessica they're looking to kind of place Jessica jessica for blame yeah, they want to blame her as kind of like a red herring while Dr. Yui is the, the actual a- agent. So 
so it's more about the assassination attempt than it is about an actual assassination. Yeah. However, if they do kill Paul, it's not the end of the world. It, it the point is is to get the entire family. Yeah, like if he dies, I mean, bah. whatever yeah. he can yeah, die. Exactly. We don't need him to die though. You know. So in this confusion, and as ever as Howat is trying to figure out who the agent is in the, uh, inside the the Atreides family. Uh, he might be, and he's thinking that it might be Jessica, or that's what they're planning to think, or planning for that to happen. Uh, they're gonna say they're gonna set a coup by uh, launching a huge force of Sardaukar soldiers dressed as Harkonnen so- soldiers. And who are now, and what is a Sardaukar soldier? Sardaukar are elite troopers under the emperor, like they're the the emperor's. Uh, personal military and they're yeah. they're the best they're the best military in the universe how many people are we talk which shows we're talking like 10 are we talking like a hundred are we talking like we're talking a thousand we're talking thousands are we talking ten thousand uh you know at the sense of scale i, I don't really remember <laughs> that's a yes but it's gonna be a lot it's going to be a large force of Sadakar soldiers dressed as Harkonnen soldiers because the Emperor doesn't want to know that he, the Emperor doesn't want other the Atreides family or other families to know that the Emperor was also involved in destroying the Atreides family. So not only is the Harkonnens coming after the Atreides, the Emperor is on their side as well. Now, th- for reasons not really explained at this point, the Emperor is in this, so I'm going to kind of leave it at that, but the Emperor is on the Harkonnen side. Okay. They've got Emperor in their pocket, or vice versa. Are the Harkonnens more powerful than the Emperor? Or like, no, but they're bribing no. them in some way. I think it has to go down to uh, the popularity of the Duke amongst the great houses. And uh, I think it also comes down to uh, Chome shares. Um, and okay, sure. Okay. And who has it? And Hark- Harkonnens have lots of shares in Chome? They're looking to get a Chome directorship once they annihilate the uh, Atreides family. And a Chome directorship makes them extremely powerful uh, amongst the great houses. Because they'll, they'll be in charge of, like, the distribution of wealth. They can choose who's rich and who's not. Yeah, they control all that Chome. You control everything. They control all that Chome. They got the spice. They got the money. They got the arts. They got the furniture. They got the... Uh, the the uh, the other thing, the other stuff. However, I feel like I don't even know. I feel like you just like jammed up my spice hole with a lot of Dune, <laughs> and this is like we're in Dune. This is Dune, everyone. This is Tune. This is Tune, baby. This is Tune. So, so I want to get into just a little bit of the Spacing Guild because it is mentioned in a little a little short passage here where. Um, 
the 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 city that the Atreides are taking over were formerly was formerly controlled by a couple called or by Count and Lady Fenring, which that that's a minor character at best in this story. But all you have to know is that they formerly had the palace that the Atreides are moving to uh, moving to. What um, happened? Then? And Did they get kicked out. They got kicked out. Did they get dead? They're just they're uh no. I think they show up again later on in this in this book. I'm I'm not exactly sure. However, the Baron refers to them as the ambassador to the smugglers. Now, this refers to the fact that they had a relationship with a bunch of smugglers who also have a relationship with the Spacing Guild. How's Space travel works in Dune is that it's all controlled by this company called the Spacing Guild. Everybody has to pay the troll toll when it comes to the Spacing Guild. So spacing is space travel. Yes. Space tax. Space travel tax. You got to pay out. Space travel tax. Any sort of... The Spacing Guild, you will have to pay if, if you need to get anywhere in space if you need to transport goods if you need to transport spice if you need to transport art furniture whatever even the atreides family the fact that they're going to arrakis they have to pay the spacing guild for the move you know and the spacing guild is completely neutral like they can just do whatever they want yeah they're not whole they're not held to politics like every other great house uh even the benny Gesserit are they can do whatever they want and because of that, that makes them very powerful, and they have their own agenda. Hmm. But I don't so think like their we... own separate thing. Like they don't, they're not under any go- any government with any of these crazy associations and companies. Yeah. But if you pit, if you piss them off, you there goes your rights to space travel. There goes your rights to getting, you know, imported and then what? goods like from space other planets. Please get you, or like they come after you. I, th- I mean, I don't think they come after you. I think they'll just like cut you off. They'll just cut you off from space travel, from How? all the things that they, because they own the ships. All space, all ships that can space travel are oh, okay. owned by the Spacing Guild. Like okay. nobody, like the Atreides can't just like hop into a cru- into a cruiser, head out into space. That is all controlled by the Spacing Guild. Everybody's landlocked gotcha. until the Spacing Guild. Like public space transit. Yeah, but it's private space transit. Like, it's a private company. I think this is everything I want to cover in this chapter. Do you have any more questions? I know I jump around a lot. I have like a million more questions than I thought I had. I don't even know. I feel like I need to read the whole chapter again, and I've already read it twice. Um, I'd like to say that at the end of this chapter, they decided to tell you that the Baron's like 10,000 pounds or something. Yeah, he's huge. He's huge. Is and, he uh, like? That's part of the. I wanted to ask you, like, is he like comically huge? Like, is he like the Blob in X Men or something? Yeah, that's the way I kind of see it in my head. I he's supposed to be so gigantic that it says here in the books that he his his fat is held up by yeah, like, suspenser. It's held in, um, yeah, by suspenders. It's the yeah, it's by suspenders, and it's the but they're like anti gravity suspenders, so it kind of, of lifts him up. So yeah. when when he's walking, he's only walking and using about fifty pounds of his own weight when he's walking. So he's quite 
light on his toes. But so weird. It's all being held up. So was he in the old? Then, is he in the old Dune movie? Yeah, he's the guy that flies around. <laughs> so this guy flies. No, he doesn't. In the book, he doesn't fly. In but in all adaptations of him, they have him flying around, and it's the dumbest thing ever. All adaptations. Every all adaptations. Even the uh, even in the Dune miniseries that they did in like two thousand one, he's still floating around, screaming and shit. It's ridiculous. And how big and is it he? Just takes away. F- uh, in the Dune David Lynch movie, it's definitely a fat suit. Like you can tell it's a fat suit. He's not really that big, and the suit is just so comical. Like it's hard for me to take it seriously. In the Dune miniseries, I think it's a little bit more of the guy's own weight. I think they add a, a little bit extra padding, but they did get like a pretty big guy to play him, and he does a good job. Uh, but he still flies around, and he doesn't have that same sort of menace. I wonder what it'll be like him. in the new Dune movie. I think he's going to be a huge blob Stellan's, man. I, I really hope he's a huge blob man. That's what I'm hoping for, but I really, 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 really hope he doesn't fly. I really hope he doesn't fly, because that's kind of just... I don't know, man. It's just so... <laughs> it's just, it's hey, so it stupid. works. The ratings show people love flying Baron. Right? We can't, hey, we can't not, hey, we can't take the flying Hey, we can't, what are you talking about? We can't take, you you think you're going to come into here, into Warner Brothers, and tell us not to have a flying baron? You're crazy. Get out of here. You're crazy. Uh, I think a little, just on the tone of this chapter, I love how cinematic it is, like, how we're revealed, like you said, like, we're revealed at the end of the chapter, how big the Baron is, but throughout the chapter, we get little like hints, like his fat hand, uh, rotating the globe and the, and the, the darkness that's enveloping him that you can't see him. Yeah. But he's there and he's just as, he's just this presence. I've said it before yesterday that the audiobook that I'm listening to has a full cast performance. And the guy that does, uh, Baron Harkonnen, he is so good. He is so good. He he exemplifies that low, evil low. tone, you know, which is um something you don't really see in. I don't think they're gonna do in the Dune, the new Dune movie. From what I saw in the new trailer, it, he looks more sickly rather than operatic, you know, like the Dune in the in the book seems like larger than life. Like he's he's a big 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 guy but he still has like a musical quality to his voice he he speaks with great intelligence yeah when in the dune david lynch movie and i think in the new dune movie that's coming out next year now he's gonna have more of a sort of sickly disgusting sort of approach and don't get me wrong the the baron is supposed to be gross like not only is he huge but he's also a pedophile. Like there's a point in this chapter where he's a little upset that they might kill Paul because he has Jeez. the lad has such a fine body, you know. And it's fucked. Wow. It's so gross. Yeah. Dune, everybody. Dune. Dune. Hey, we got many more chapters of this. I want to thank everybody for listening to this chapter. It's been a long one for sure. Uh, but if you haven't checked out our Twitter, check it out at. 
at chat by chat. Got memes almost every day, every couple days at least. Listen, we're only humans. We're not mentats. We're not. Right? <laughs> we have ups and downs. Sometimes fear kills our minds. Ayo. We've got an Instagram, chapter by chapter podcast. Check that check that out. Yep. We Our website, chapter by chapter podcast.com. And if you want to send us emails, if there's anything I missed in this episode, if there's anything uh that you want to send us, notes, recipes, uh skate tricks, like you said yesterday, love skate tricks. Send I that over pictures to of sandcastles this time because all the sand and dune. <laughs> I'm thinking about sand. I want to see some impressive sandcastles. So Yep. Maybe the best yep. sandcastle I, I'm will with get you. a prize. I don't know. Yep. And you can send that to chapter by chapter podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow for chapter three of Dune.